You are listening to Everywhere You Are, a podcast produced by the Dawson Women's Ministry. At Dawson, we recognize that women's ministry is not a class or a club you join. Ministry is not confined to the four walls of a church building, and it's not limited by life stages or circumstances. Rather, ministry is living a life of service everywhere you are. This podcast seeks to encourage you everywhere you are, in the laundry room, driving carpool, at work, preparing a meal, or exercising. We believe God calls each of us to be ministers at all times, in all places. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. Does the idea of being pure in heart scare you a little bit? Does total purity feel unattainable? How do you maintain a pure heart on the days when your life is out of control? In this episode, our guests Andrea Mullins and Carrie Mullis share how time with God and focus on purity changes our perspective. As you listen, ask God to show you places in your heart that need attention. Welcome to Everywhere You Are. I'm Rachel Langston, and today we're going to be talking about what it means to be pure in heart. Our guests today are Andrea Mullins and Carrie Mullis. So, Andrea, where are you today? (laughs) Well, my name's Andrea Mullins. Um, I have lived in Birmingham since August of 1987. We moved here from Wyoming with our feet dragging because we did not want to come here, but we knew God was calling us here. Um, I went to work there uh, at that year at National Women's Missionary Union out on 280. Uh, And so we've been here all this time, and we joined Dawson just within weeks of moving here. Uh, We started visiting the church and fell in love with it and never visited another church. So we've been here all these years and still love Dawson so very much. It's just um, I've been in many, many churches through my ministry through the years, and I come back and I'm still amazed at the way God works here at our church uh, through the people here. So I've been here a long time and uh, served in a lot of different ways through the church through those years. Right now I'm teaching a couple of life groups, um, have co-teachers with me, one, and they're all both senior adult life groups, of course, since that's where I am in life. I retired seven years ago and uh, just planned on being home after a couple of years. I just felt God, God called me to ministry many years ago, and I thought I have got to serve somewhere. And I just heard the Lord say just as clearly to me um, as if he was sitting right there next to me, I want you to be a chaplain. And I had never thought about that. So I went back to school. I thought I would never go back to school. I finished a doctorate of ministry in uh, 2007. I'd been going to school most of my adult life. And... um, but I ended up back at, in clinical pastoral education at Princeton Hospital, so, and it was wonderful. And uh, so I've been in chaplaincy now since then, um, and I just, it's wonderful. Um, I actually serve as a corporate chaplain, which means I serve business employees in Christian-owned businesses, and the primary goal is that people will that will meet their needs, daily needs, whatever they are, and have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus somewhere along the way. Um, So it's wonderful. Um, 
My family, my husband is Mike, and we've been married 54 years. Wow. I've been married most of my adult life, <laughs> and he has two. Uh, we have one daughter and three grown grandchildren and four great-granddaughters. Wow. And uh, they all live in Colorado, except for my mother, who lives here. And I have a niece living in Washington, but the rest of our close family is in Colorado. Um, and so we uh, try to see them when we can. Um, my mo- I talked my mother into moving down here. She was living with my sister in Castle Rock, Colorado. But during COVID, I said, why don't you come spend the winter with us? And she did. Uh, she's 94 now. And after that winter with us, I talked her into trying out independent living. And so she lives at the Oaks on Parkwood, which is just about 10 to 15 minutes from our house. And uh, so since I drug her away from all of our family in Colorado, <laughs> I spend a lot of time with her. Yeah. And I love it. Uh, she's very healthy right now. And I just want us to do as much as we can yeah. together. So, um, so that's my primary. She's my primary a commitment right now other than church. Um, and so that kind of gives you an idea of where we are. Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, what about you? Where are you today? Well, I am. Um, I'm married to my husband, Dan. He is actually on staff here at Dawson. He's the associate music and worship pastor here. Um, I am mom of two boys, teenagers. Caleb is a senior in high school and Ethan is a freshman. So I am thick in the in the weeds, you know, parenting teenagers right now. And it's it's great. Um, during the week, you will find me working at two of Dawson's ministry outreaches, um, the Learning Center and Kids Connection. And the Learning Center is a, a ministry where um, adults from Birmingham and um, um, surrounding areas can come and get their GED. Um, it's completely free, covered by Dawson. Um, um, so they come there during the week. And um, and then the other ministry that I work with is Kids Connection. So I schedule um, parents, uh, families to come in and um, shop at Kids Connection. Um, my background's in social work. I got my degree in social work and um, did foster care and adoptions. We moved here to Birmingham six years ago for my husband's job um, and immediately fell in love with Alabama. We had never been to Alabama or anything, but we have fallen in love with it. So we've been at Dawson for about six years now. Where are you from? I've lived a little bit of everywhere. I've lived in um, Louisiana. I grew up mostly in Virginia Beach, lived in Ohio, Tennessee, Florida, and now here. All right. Mm -hmm. So two transplants. That's kind of interesting. Most, a lot of people at Dawson have always been in Alabama. Um, So that's kind of interesting for y'all. So we're talking about what it means to be pure in heart. So when, I mean, just right off the top of your head, what, what comes to mind when somebody says that? Well, for me, when I hear the word pure, it kind of scares me a little bit. (laughs) Like, you know, how can I be completely pure? And so that's my first thought is, wow, I don't know. When I think of pure in heart, I actually just, my mind goes immediately to the holiness of God. And and that, that kind of is our, um, where we begin. And, um, and so it's every day is, um, the only way that pure in heart can even begin to become a reality is just to know him more. 
um, one of the women in our church used to sing a song. I loved it every time she sang it. It's oh, I want to know you more. And uh, every time she sang it, I thought, oh Lord, let that be my prayer. Oh, I want to know you more. Yeah, I'm I'm terrible with scripture references, but the there's a a verse. And I think it's Old Testament, but it talks about how God, we look on the outside, but God looks, you know, at the heart. And so it's kind of convicting to me when I think about pure in heart, because I'm like, oh, you know, I can, I can fake a lot on the outside, but if God's really looking at my heart, then, you know, what is that, what is that saying about, about me? Um, It feels more intimate. Yes. Yes. So just in terms of like your daily life, um, what it, what is easy about, um, you know, trying to maintain purity or, or just sort of recognizing God's holiness and what's not so easy about that? I think purity is, it's a, it's a focused, it's a single mindedness toward Christ. Um, and being wholly devoted to Him. Um, I know in the mornings when I'm able to do my um, my Bible reading and my prayers and being closer to God, I feel like that purity is, is easier for me to display um, out in the community and to my family. Um, you know, on days when I'm not in His Word and I'm, you know, focused on other things that are taking my attention away from God, it's it's definitely more difficult to have that, that purity in heart. And it comes down, I think, uh, that when you do that, then it starts uh, reforming what you're willing to read, what you're willing to hear, what you're willing to see, and how in whatever you see, it reforms how you view it so that you view it through God's eyes regarding where He is as a holy God in contrast to where we are as a society. Mm. Yeah. All right. Talk a little bit more about that society thing. I like that because obviously our society is not all that interested in being pure in heart. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've run into and I've, I've felt in my own life is the willingness to see the truth. Um, and Christians, sometimes we don't want to see the truth. We don't want to know the truth because we've already formed our opinions, our attitudes, our um faith construct, you might say, and we don't want anything to shake that up. And so when the truth conflicts with what we want it, the truth to be, uh, sometimes we close our eyes to it, like we refuse to watch that news because it's going to show us something that we don't want to know, or we re- refuse to read that book or hear from that person because they might say something that's going to influence us and cause us to rethink where we've been. So I think being willing, God knows the truth. Our unwillingness to know the truth doesn't change a thing. It just keeps us further from God. And so um, one of the things in my own life has just been a a willingness to, um, what I'm going to say is wrestle with what is really true and, and allow then that however God leads me to cause me to change my actions and my attitudes. That's good. That's good. Carrie, what, so... I've got two college age children. You've got two high school age children. What, I mean, what does that look like in terms of what she was talking about with our unwillingness to know the truth, but in, in parenting, like, 
kind of trying to show kids what what is true versus what our culture says is true. Well, I think we're, we're very blessed. Um, you know, of course, as parents, you know, we teach our children scripture and the truth. Um, but also being here at Dawson, we have such a fabulous student ministry right. um, that helps them and walks through these tough topics and teaches them what is truth. Um, even in chapel choir, you know, they're singing the songs and they're learning the truth and they're getting it in their minds. And, you know, sometimes I'll be down in the kitchen cooking breakfast and one of my sons will come by and, you know, be humming one of the songs that they're learning in chapel choir and um, and it gets in there and, and and it's difficult it's difficult for them to be at school and you know um, and out in the community and you know hearing things that that might not be truth but it's it's our job as parents and um, the church's job to to be able to teach them that and help them walk through that yeah yeah we've had a lot of conversations in our house about you know Scripture really lays out the truth and that that is, you know, that's really the standard. And um, I, I love what you said about just because we're not willing to see a different side or that we're not willing to see the truth doesn't change anything. All it does is, is you know, show our ignorance in some in some cases. And yet in our culture, we've got to be kind of able to relate to people who don't either don't have the background we have or they don't see the truth that we see. So I would think you in particular, well, both of you really in what you do every day, talk about what that looks like with people that don't have a, a spiritual background, if you will. Well, one of the things that chaplaincy has done for me is help. You know, I was I spent my life speaking and leading conferences all over. Um, a chaplain doesn't speak, a chaplain listens. And um, being a mother, I like to fix things, you know, <laughs> even right. my, my daughter's in her fifties and I still <laughs> want to fix her life. Um, and, but a chaplain, one of the things you learn is, uh, to help people fix their own lives. And so when you run up like in, in my, um, ministry as a chaplain and in my ministry through the learning center, uh, you encounter people that are dealing with all kinds of life situations that are um, are not where we know that we should be as human beings, much less Christian, as, and even more so if we were Christian. Uh, and so um, Jesus gives us the example in asking questions. And so for me, it's been learning how to ask the question rather than giving my opinion of why have you chosen that lifestyle? What has that done for you? And is this where you want to stay uh, for the long term? Would you, or is there anything you would like to change? What are some opportunities and ways that you can change? Um, and what you said earlier, when we seek truth, we have to go back to the Bible. We cannot. Christ is truth. Right. There is no truth apart from Christ. Uh, if we look at the world through anything but the lens of Jesus Christ, we are not seeing it accurately. And so you have to go back to the Bible. And as I have opportunity, then it's helping people to look at what the Bible says about a particular subject. I like that. What What did you do at the WMU? 
Well, I had a lot of my final position. I was one on the executive staff, and I was the publisher of our um, books. Okay. And I was also the director of World Crafts, our our international ministry, with our missionaries importing hand handmade crafts. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I did when I. But before that, I was um, consultants director, and we traveled. Spoke in every state, every Baptist meetings, wow. Southern conventions, um, all over the world, and mostly here in the U.S. Yeah, that's fascinating. What about at the Learning Center? What does that look like? And and I guess Kids Connection, too, because they're really kind of related. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in the book that we're reading, um, Blessed Eight by Jim Dennison, that's the book that the table groups mm-hmm. are reading. Mm-hmm. Um, the... And in there, they talk about how to be pure in heart. And there's four things that they say, and I'll, I'll get to that question. But it says um, how to be pure in heart. The first one is walk in the will of God. Number two is practicing the worship of God. Three is, you know, the word of God. And four is loving the world as God does. And that's caring for hurting souls. And that's that's exactly what we do at the Learning Center. Uh, most of the people that come to the Learning Center have come from very, very hard backgrounds. They dropped out of school, ninth grade, 10th grade is about the average that we see and just had to grow up early. Um, and so when they come to the Learning Center, they're required to go to a, either a woman's Bible study or a men's Bible study. And um, Andrea has has been a, a Bible, a woman's Bible study teacher there, so she can probably say some towards that. But it's very important um, at the Learning Center that we are showing them Christ's love. Um, we had um, a student walk in the other day. He, he had been attending GED classes elsewhere. Um, he decided to transfer over to the Learning Center when he got there, one of the first things out of his mouth was, wow, I can feel the love in this place. And that's exactly what we want them to do is feel the love of Christ and everything we do there and the teachers um, that are teaching them and they pray with them before class and after class. And they see the change, um, not only with us, but then they start to realize that that's what they want too. And we've had some students accept Christ as their savior. Um, We have a handful of um, students that are Muslim that are coming and sitting in our Bible studies. And and I've asked them, you know, how do you feel sitting in our Bible studies? And they're like, oh, we love it. We love to learn more about your religion. And, you know, that's that's the that's the word getting in them. And um, and it's great. Well, and I think it's for me personally, sometimes it's hard because of where we raised our children and they all went to school with the same people the whole time. It's sometimes hard to see different, you know, different perspectives and people with different life experiences. Um, And I think that's a, for me, that's a challenge in sort of this whole, not, not the desire to be pure in heart, but just that I feel like I have limited experience um, with, with diversity. Um, and obviously Christ modeled, you know, that everyone is, is welcome. Everyone is regardless of what, you know, their past or their experiences. So what's a challenge that you all see in not, again, not the desire to be pure in heart, but maybe the, the practice of it. I think that's right there, the practice of it. <laughs> I think that's the challenge. It's just that living it out day after day, being actually, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm uh, being authentic, authentically committed 
you know, I say in my um, life groups, there is no substitute for prayer and Bible study and service. And I absolutely really believe that. I, I don't think a Christian can be the Christian they need to be apart from those disciplines of prayer and Bible study and and service. And so the practice of those, um, I think that is the challenge and being consistent because like Carrie said earlier, it makes all the difference in your day, whether or not you're focused on what God wants you to do rather than just getting into the day and and hoping everything goes right <laughs> by the day. And I think overscheduling our day too. When I'm overscheduled and when the kids schedules and husband schedules and it it, yeah. it can be stressful and it pushes out a lot of what we should be focusing on. True. And I, I mean I find that somewhat even on staff, you know, there are days when I'm like, oh, I gotta get there early because I need to get this done before and that's not necessarily, a, you know, a good thing. Um, I would think maybe in what you're doing with in other companies, your schedule maybe isn't always yours. It isn't. We go in just for a few minutes because these are people that are working, but I'm available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And oh, wow. I might get a call and say, can you go down to the hospital? Like last month, I was down at Children's Hospital multiple times for employees who had children going through surgery. Or you might be asked to visit a jail or you might be asked to, um, there might be someone who dies. I haven't had this experience, but a lot of my co-chaplains have had where someone committed suicide in the company and mm. called on, it took all the chaplains then to go in to provide immediate care. Um, so you are that, but at the same time, one of the things I think I've learned through my years of challenge of trying to do this, <laughs> trying to be uh, um, pure in heart, is that um, used to I'd, everybody would say you need to find balance, but I don't think that when I look at Christ's life, his life was not balanced. He had days where he was on call every minute, drained and drained, and then he withdrew. Right. Uh, and I think that's our life, too. We have days that we can't control the schedule. The schedule is going to be what it is. But if we are have a consistent relationship with God, He's going to be with us through that day. Um, and Billy Graham said he just tries to make sure he's read one scripture at least in a day. One verse. Yeah. And people have been to his home. They said there were Bibles everywhere. And that way— made more likely, he said, to read a scripture before the day was over. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think that one of the things that we can forgive ourselves of is that feeling that we have to have a balanced life, because I don't think that is life. I, I agree. I, I, I'm, I read a book probably 30 years ago um, that was... It was actually written by Maria Schreiber, and she was talking about all the different things and, and this whole concept of you can have it all. And she said, you know, she remembers her mother telling her that you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. And that it's so it's the same idea that there are seasons and there are times when you're going to be super busy. And then there are times when you can can kind of retreat and and, re, you know, refresh. Um 
if you, as you run across people that don't really have a background of faith, do you, you said you tell people prayer and Bible study, but how do you, how does somebody get started doing that? Andrea mentioned, you know, prayer and Bible study is the way to stay kind of focused on pure in heart. But you, you all experience a lot of people who don't really have a background where they would know what that means. So how do you, how would you advise somebody or encourage somebody just to get started praying or just to get started reading the Bible? What what does that look like for somebody that doesn't have a background? Well, I think teaching praying is it's a conversation. It's not it's not a scripted. It doesn't have to be at least it doesn't have to be a scripted fancy prayer. It's just talking to to God, mm-hmm. and um, it can be as simple as just a one sentence prayer, um, and then. Um, at least at the learning center, when um, students are, you know, asking more questions and getting more interested, we point them to local churches that are near them. Um, we've we've had quite a few um, Hispanic students that we pointed to um, a couple of our um, church planner uh, churches that were planted here by mm-hmm. Dawson um, down in Fultondale, and so we point them to churches and um, other pastors, ministers that can help kind of shepherd them and, and lead them in that way. When I was at the Learning Center teaching the Bible study, um, a lot of the women would come into the Bible study that, and they prayer was just not part of their life. Um, and so we would always pray at the beginning of the Bible study and pray at the end. So from the very beginning, I'd say, well, I'm going to pray, but maybe you're going to want to pray too. Um, Let's pray. And so then at the end of the Bible study, I'd say, would any of you like to pray? And they'd go, no. <laughs> and so as we go into the Bible study week after week, then um, I would give them opportunities. i say, okay, let's just stop right now, and let's just all say one-sentence prayers. And so they would say one-sentence prayers. And I don't think there was any of the Bible studies that I led through those years that by the end of our semester that I could say, well, who would like to lead us in prayer? And one of the women that had would say, I'll do it. Uh, And so it was a slow process. As a chaplain, um, I do various things like I have little devotional books that I will give out that will lead them into a prayer life. I take little scripture cards if somebody's going to say, "Here's hold on to this scripture, and you can pray this scripture uh, as you deal with this issue, whatever it is in their life. So I might give them a little scripture card um, so that they're beginning just to dabble in it. And uh, if I'm meeting one-on-one with an employee about a situation, um, I've had many times that I've just given them a prayer to hold on to, something they can start praying. Uh, right, I'll just write it out on a piece of paper and and hand it to them. Say, here's a little prayer for you to take with you. And tonight, before you go to bed, I want you to before when you get in bed, before you go to sleep, uh, I want you to say this prayer, and I want you to thank God for everything you can think of. Thank for your teeth for the moon shining through your window. And and it just gets them thinking about what prayer is. So those are some things that I've done. I like that. Do you have any particular resources or books or podcasts or things you, you use personally that you recommend to other people? Not just about pure in heart, but just in general about things that strengthen your faith or... I've really enjoyed um, the podcast, um, the Bible recap. 
Um, it's a read through the Bible in chronological order, and I have learned so much. I don't, I don't think growing up I ever read through the Bible chronologically, but once I did that through the Bible recap, the Bible just made more sense yes. and seemed to come alive. And um, so you, you read through that, but then the podcast is like a 10, maybe 10 minute um, of her kind of explaining a little bit about what you read. And then, but she always ends up, you know, where, where's the joy of God in this, um, in this passage. And that's been, that's been really good for me um, this past year. Yeah. And there's a, there's a book, I think that follow that goes along with that as well. So. Yeah. You don't have to have the book, but there is one. And it's great because you can listen to it like on your way to work. Yes. <laughs> it's nice yes. and short. Yes, it is short. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, I have a little book that I gave out to everyone in my Bible study, uh, or my life group, and now I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> but um, every year um, in my life group, I, I try to give all the couples or individuals um, a devotional for the year and uh, one that I can afford. So that's usually how, well, first of all, I look to see who it's written by and what right. it is. But then if I can afford it, then that's how I decide I'll get right. that one for everybody. And the one I got this year is actually written by the man who's the director of Prison Fellowship okay. International, uh, 52 uh, devotions and really powerful stories of life change. Uh, but I typically, um, as a chaplain, I have an app that we make available to every employee. It has all kinds of devotional materials as well as access to the Bible uh, in it. And uh, it has, um, oh, the famous devotional that I can't remember the name of it that you give out uh, that used to give out you see everywhere in doctor's offices and everywhere it's on there Um, so those are the things that I refer them to uh, for the most part all right so a fun question to kind of wrap everything up Um, we talked a little bit about you know Jesus withdrew when he needed to be refreshed so what do you what's what's refreshing to you Oh, I love going for walks. I, and I especially love hiking, like in the woods. I'm not I'm not an overnighter like my husband will do. Yeah, I see pictures of y'all <laughs> no. in your hikes on Instagram. I, I, you're, yeah. you're a better woman than me, I'll say that. <laughs> but it refreshes me just being out in, you know, in nature, in air, and just, you know, just walking and being outdoors. That, that refreshes my soul. Okay. And that, it would really be the same thing for me. I haven't had time since my mom has been here to really hike. Um, but I am really looking forward to when I can get back and hike uh, because that is really what refreshes me as well is just getting out, breathing the fresh air, getting away from the house. And uh, that's, and I will, another thing that I'm doing right now, I have an arrow garden. Oh, what is that? Um, well, it is a garden in my it's a little garden in my kitchen that's this big around and it is all water. There's no dirt in it. And so like in um like I planted about three weeks ago, I planted seven kinds of lettuce and they're already this high. I'm harvesting lettuce. Oh. I mean it's just it is so fun. And my sister has one and I got my mom one. And we just have the best time talking about our arrow gardens and playing with our arrow gardens. Right I have now, not I have heard about that. I just planted a carnation in there. I had petunias last year, last summer. Fun. So it's a lot of fun. All right. All right. Anything that you were dying to say that you didn't say? You wished I had asked. 
<laughs> I did love um, this past Sunday, um, Pastor David's sermon. So it was the February 12th sermon. Yes. Um, and he, he talked about um, an example with when you overconsume alcohol. Um, the verse was, do not be drunk with wine, but be consumed by the Holy Spirit. And the process of being... Um, so when you drink, when you drink alcohol, it's a choice, right? And when you over, you know, consume alcohol, um, it starts to control you, control your your words, your actions, um, and then it starts to change you. And so he talked about, you know, instead of being filled by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's a choice. You know, when you become a Christian, you become filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it starts to change you and then um, and controls you. And so I thought that was really good that it's a daily choice to submit to the Holy Spirit, um, you know, and it, it, it makes our thoughts, our actions, and our words change. And I just thought that was a really good example that he gave, um, you know, of, of, you know, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, it goes back to this verse, the pure in heart, mm -hmm. and, um, and others will see Christ in us through our actions and, and words. So, And we can't, we can't control the fact that we're sinful humans, but we can make the choice to, you know, to attempt to be pure in heart, to confess our sins, to to really spend time in Scripture, and to and to to seek to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's a that's a perfect way to wrap all this up. Well, thank you all. Thank you. Great job. Well, thank you for inviting. I hope me. it didn't yes. hurt too much. <laughs> You're probably <laughs> used to stuff like this. Well, no. I, in fact, I spoke for Tommy and uh, to the senior adult. Um, worship service. Uh -huh. yeah, and it had been so long since I'd been up in front of a big group like that that I had a heart attack. <laughs> I used to do it all the time, but now I just don't do You're that. You're out of practice, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, great job. Thanks very much. It's a great reminder to hear Andrea say that our unwillingness to recognize or accept truth doesn't change what is true. Christ is truth. Everywhere you are today, may you be refreshed and reminded of God's holiness, His purity, and His love for you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everywhere You Are. Please rate and review us on your podcast platform and share us with other women that you think could benefit from hearing about God working in the lives of ordinary women. To learn more about the Dawson family of faith, please visit DawsonChurch.org and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We look forward to meeting you.